Welcome to the Better You Podcast. My name is Ian Bickle and I want to help you create a happier, healthier, more energised and successful version of you. The Better You Podcast is all about exploration and growth. I'll be speaking to people that can give us lessons and principles we can apply to our own lives. I want to empower, educate and give you the freedom, energy, mindset and autonomy for you to take back control of your life. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, share and leave a kind review so we can share the positivity. Let's get into it. Hey everyone and welcome back to the podcast. My name is of course Ian Bickle and today I am joined with the wonderful Mark Walsh. Mark, how are you today? Fantastic. Sunshine and holidays are starting. Life is looking good. I love the positivity. This is what this podcast is all about. We're going we're gonna to get the positive juices flowing. So Mark is a counsellor and he works for Lighthouse Therapy Group up in the northeast of England, kind of Washington, Sunderland area, for those that may be a further afield and don't know where that is. Sunderland, kind of Durhamish, Newcastle way. Um, so Mark primarily deals with counselling people through things like anxiety, depression, loneliness, despair, um, all of these kind of issues that are very kind of deeply rooted and Mark helps work their way through that through his coaching and counselling service. And I guess today's was like, because we've had numerous conversations and yeah. I always at the end think, oh, I wish I was recording this, you know, because uh, there's, there's so many aha moments that people could have taken away from a conversation like this and these and this is what this podcast is about, like just opening up people's kind of world to these concepts just so they can explore them a little bit more. But I guess the first thing I want to ask you, Mark, is like what exactly is it that you do? And more importantly, why is it that you do it? What got you into this path? Oh, two good questions. What What is it we do? What is counselling? What, what is helping people with mental health? And I, I think it covers many different areas. People automatically think, well, if you're a counsellor and you kind of get people in, you help them with uh, a trauma, historical abuse, depression, uh, anxiety. Then yes, of course, we help people with all of them. But I, I see it, and what I want to do with Lighthouse Therapy Group is look at it a different way. We, we kind of, what we do is we provide here an environment where we help people work through anything that they may have to help them live a more fulfilling life. And that, that could be a wide range of things. It might be trauma, or it might be, well, well, I'm just a bit pissed off with my boss. You know, I might be struggling with work issues. I might be struggling with relationship issues. So we help people navigate through whatever it is that's kind of stopping them from living their best life. And, and why I got into it, um, if long story, um, but to cut it short, I'm a veteran. Um, I struggled with my own mental health um, and I didn't really pay much attention to it until I actually got together with my partner, Lindsay. I've been with her now for 13 years. Um, she, she also has mental health issues and I wanted to understand more what she was going through. So I looked at courses, uh, a short online course, I ended up looking at a college course, which led me looking into a access to higher education course met one of the, the greatest um, people I've ever known, uh, my, my tutor. He suggested going towards the foundation degree. 
and then on towards doing the Bachelor of Arts. And it was it was one spark that started a real intriguing process that really awoke what I believe who I truly was. And then, of course, did the Bachelor of Arts and decided to start my own business. And, and I find myself here now taking on students, mentoring them. We've got staff and we've got lots of people coming through the door. And our kind of, I guess our motto is, we support people in exploring, discovering, and becoming who they truly are. So that mm. that's in a kind of nutshell. Yeah, we we lo- I love it, man. Um, you know, and I think when we first saw me and Mark and myself met through one of the networking groups that we go to, and we do one to ones, and you know, you you never know what conversations you're mm. going to have. And I think like maybe Mark was a bit pleasantly surprised with the way that I work with people in in helping them with their health and weight management and we find like a lot of things kind of aligned with going a little bit beyond just the surface level Mm -hmm. stuff you know doing things and focusing more importantly like why are you doing what you're doing and what is it you want um what you're working towards within your life what are your goals what are your values and all of this Mm -hmm. exciting thing for for me like it sounds like your job's kind of like mine it's one of the most rewarding things like seeing Mm -hmm. somebody come out the other side of something that they've potentially been stuck with for years what is what is the like most rewarding thing for you is it something along that nature I think you highlighted something really key earlier on it's a kind of light bulb moment you, you, you could be working through a client, you can be really struggling through something, and, you, and you, you can see it because you're detached from their world, but you're still kind of in their world. And when you highlight something, and they have that aha moment, you know, when the light bulb really switches on, and it's that precise moment where their whole world changes. They see everything so differently. And once they start seeing things differently, they, they kind of engage with the process they start taking accountability responsibility and that's when they start making effective change for themselves but I say when when you get that aha moment I always get goosebumps because you're so engaged with the client you're so engaged with the individual that what they feel you feel so it's kind of like wow I see it now I see what's happening and I think there's no greater power than that it, it, that, that's why I always say it's a privilege because they share it with you and it's like, well, it's breathtaking. And how would you say is the best way to kind of extract or facilitate that change within a, in an individual? Yeah, I, I would say build the relationship. The re- relationships and connections are absolutely key. That there's something within the counselling field known as relational depth. You know, when you're working with a client and you're at a deep emotional level, and you are, you are still in your world, but you are fully engaged in theirs. And, and you're kind of sharing everything. So that the zero judgment, you know, that we, we have within the professional as the three core conditions, you know, unconditional positive regard, there's no judgment, and we practice empathy. And if you apply them three things, you are truly engaged with that individual. And then we all feel the desire to be heard, to be understood and that happens by sharing and once you engage with all that it, it, it kind of flows and, it, and it's that, that's why I like the idea of 
my profession being a Bachelor of Arts, it is artistic. There's no science as such behind it, but it, it is a beautiful process. Mm. And I guess for me, with my um, profession, it's kind of about results. Mm. And it's not necessarily how those results are achieved. It's the fact that the results are achieved. And yeah. oft, often like exploration is the most important and kind of freeing part of the entire coaching process because mm. I, I, like yourself I'd imagine it's just meeting the client where they're at mm-hmm. with the attitude it is what it is we're in this together to kind yeah. of move through this entire process um which I think is like one of the one of the most important things within all of this is like that that zero judgment um where do people need to be before they kind of start working with you the when people engage with therapy it's it's always a hard one because we often know people we know people and we'll say you could benefit from some counseling you could really benefit from that and it'll be good for you but unless they can see it themselves that, that's why the first thing I always engage with when I take on a new client is, says, well, let's look at accountability. Let's look at responsibility. You know, you are responsible for yourself and you're accountable for yourself. And until we've got that, in, in my opinion, we, we can't, we, you can move forward a bit, but there's not going to be really any meaningful change. And, and if we want a meaningful change, then we have to take accountability. And that's why I really like what you were saying earlier on about kind of goals, you know, you, you, it, you need to achieve something. I'm very intrigued of how that is actually filtering into the counselling world. We're seeing a lot more of that in the kind of the new papers and the new books and everything coming through. You know, there's a lot of therapies now saying, well, let's set the goals. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of therapies in the past have been saying, well, we're completely person-centred and we'll just go with how it goes. But now more and more research is showing that the benefits of actually setting a goal because, well, if we don't have the goal, where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you run the risk of just kind of turning up and having a, a little chat, and, and it doesn't achieve anything. We need the goals to say, well, I want to achieve this. Well, if you want to achieve that, then you have to be accountable for it. So only when we become accountable can we actually move forward towards meaningful change. I don't know if it's the same with you is like a lot of the clients who often work with or even have the early pre-conversations with, because I guess for you, do you you pre-qualify clients to see whether they are going to express that ownership and responsibility and that they are appropriate for counsel? And what is the process for like entry, I guess? We we are open for anybody because we we often find that maybe it's the it's a challenge if say we have a client come in or me missus says I have to come mm. or, or me mother says it might be a good idea or work's or, paying for this yeah yeah that, that's a perfect example in which case it's kind of it, it, it's pointless so what I tend to do is right at the very beginning I says well unless you're here out of free will then then it doesn't work and it's the same with uh, some of the charities that we work with. They, they, they have service users and they send them here for counselling. 
And it's like, I'll do a quick kind of assessment, say, well, actually, are you wanting to be here or are you just ticking a box because you're using another service? They've got to have the free will to be there. If they're not, then you're just just wasting time. And it it sounds a bit cold when I say it like that, but that, that, that is the reality of it. Mm, that could be time spent with somebody who is genuinely committed to changing Mm -hmm. their life and I think sometimes are when you know if if clients don't move ahead or something like that it's just kind of maybe the pain isn't enough at this moment maybe they need more time in the oven unfortunately to initiate that Mm. turning point where it's like they give this hard, fast, decisive, internal, strong, no, yeah. no more no more of this bullshit. I can't uh-huh. go on like this. Right, now I'm ready to, to commit to something. Yeah. Probably I, I get the same with people with diets. They'll, they'll diet hop, program hop, but they're not actually taking full responsibility. Yeah. It's, all, it's something else. Mm. What I do is I put that ownership and responsibility on them. And I guess with counseling and what i do there isn't like a hundred percent guarantee no which is a it's a tough sell from that perspective because you are literally saying to people this is on you yeah which makes it i think one of the hardest kind of businesses to actually run but you highlight on some such significant um elements there i.e time frame and process you know, with, within counseling, we, we hold these, these concepts absolutely crucial because we get somebody coming in and they're very tentative. They'll be very kind of like, I have no idea what this is about, but I'm here, I'm taking the first step. And you're like, well, that, that's fantastic. Let, let's see how we go with this. It, it's a chat, it's a talk. And then they might go away and think, well, okay, I've done a little bit. I'm, I'm just going to kind of let, let myself process what I've just done and then maybe in a month or two's time, I might be able to re-engage. So that, that, that's process and time frame. I remember the first time I engaged with counselling myself was when I was still serving in the Navy. And, and it did nothing, not a single thing, because it wasn't on my time frame. And then the more I do different elements of therapy, I cover different things because that's correct to my time frame. When I, when I lost my father... I engaged in therapy to help us with the grief, but I actually didn't end up talking much about the grief. I talked about things that were kind of happened in my time in the Navy because that was my time frame and that was part of my process. And when, when, when you actually acknowledge that for every individual, it, it, it's about when it's right for them, but you're absolutely right. As a business, it's like, whoa, it's the hardest business because you never know if your kind of clients are coming back. You never know if you're going to be getting the work in and it's terrifying. Yeah. It's a, but again, for all of the, the, the terror and the anxiety potential around like um, where the business is coming from, it's the ultimately, you know, you're doing clients a world of good and yeah. you've actually like impacted someone's life. Mm. which is going to allow them to kind of, and it's such a shame that we live in a world where like we need to make money. We have to do all of these things. Um, 
and especially like the way the economy is at the moment, mm-hmm. it seems like people's uh, mental health has been pushed like a bit further away because of now all of the additional stresses and then things yeah. like counseling and coaching just might be outside of somebody's like affordability mm. or there's that fear and anxiety surrounding like well maybe I don't want to say they don't value it but mm. potentially they don't understand it and these are why these conversations are so great for people to listen to because they're able to maybe yeah. go actually you know what I need some help I've been stuck in a rut for years with this that or the other and I'm going to actually start having conversations to get myself out of that instead of relying on like just covering the cracks with X, Y, and Z. I'm going to actually go to the root cause and fix this finally. Well, that's one of the reasons why I love our conversations because again, you're highlighting so many important words, you know, value, you know, and say, well, and I I strongly believe because of the way we live in, in society now, we're, Everybody's focused on price, you know, but they don't often see value. So I say well, we, we must start seeing value in ourselves. We must see value in the things we do and how we're living. And if we don't see the value, then we've got to make the effective change to feel value because that, that's one of the fundamental things that keep us moving forward. If we don't feel value, then I say, well, what do we bother with it all for? And that, that's precisely what I get from my work is the – because I hear what you're saying about the kind of affordability of counselling and coaching. That's why we, we part of our business is we have a social enterprise. So we make counselling accessible for all. So we have the availability so people can pay, so that they pay the full price. Then we have availability for people who can only pay a little, they may be on universal tax credits or whatever. So they pay a half price. And then and what we do with the money that we get from there, we put that back in while we're, business model to say that well actually there's people who can't pay anything we can actually help them as well so that the the system kind of feeds itself and when you said earlier on kind of like well i feel i'm doing good that that's where i get my value from i'm actually like when i go home at the end of the week i i think right well i've helped this many people and i've helped this many people who otherwise wouldn't have had any help whatsoever and, and, and I focus and pinpoint on that because that, that's one of the things that keeps me going. They say, well, yeah, I go through my struggles. I have my difficulties. I'm running two businesses. Life is difficult and challenging. But I feel valued because I'm providing something. And, and I, feel, I feel bigger for it. And, and that is crucial. You mentioned earlier about the goal and, you know, like the more data and research coming out regarding like, well, what is the purpose of this? What are, mm. what are we moving towards? Is this something that you implement within your services? Like, right, kind of we can, because uh, I can imagine a lot of therapy and a lot of counselling is kind of focusing on the problem, which mm. inevitably makes that person focus on the problem for yeah. an hour. And then they leave us maybe a a session feeling worse because whereas like I'm very solution focused, I'm just like, right, it is what it is. We have to kind of accept and let go and start moving towards something that excites us. Is that something that you 
implement with within well, your service? 100%. Well, when I think about taking on students, um, I've hold interviews for students, and primarily the, the colleges and universities around the country will focus on a type of therapy called person-centered therapy. And, and But in reality, there's so many other types of therapy. So it's not until you actually go into the real counseling arena and you start kind of applying your profession, do you really discover all this? You say that you're solution-focused. Well, there's actually a therapy called solution-focused therapy. It's also known as brief therapy. And it's where you actually sit down with the, the client at the beginning and say, right, well, okay, we've got this amount of time. What do you want to get from that? Because if we if we think, you know, a lot of people come to therapy that don't have bottomless pockets. They, they might have a lump sum of money and say, well, I've put this money aside for this. This is what I want to achieve. Now, if we were to go purely down a person-centered model, we wouldn't be able to achieve that and they might just end up wasting the money. So when I talk to my students, I say, well, listen, yes, you'll learn the person-centered model, but we do need to look at different types of therapy as well. So we look at solution-focused, also brief therapy. We look at um, gestalt therapy. You look at existential therapy. Um, there's a bloke called Wendy Dryden, who's a, a big name in the counseling field. He devised the idea of single-session therapy, where somebody will come in for just one counseling session, and within that counseling session, it's like, right, let's get to the nitty-gritty. Don't waste time. Let, let's do it. Let's look at it, and let's kind of try and work our way through it. So I'm, I'm a big believer in the goals. Another one's pluralistic therapy. So it, it's coming a long way. And, and these are things that a lot of people out there that don't really realise that there's so many different elements to counselling therapy. Mm-hmm. But all, all we're ever shown out there in the general public and society is a kind of NHS approach to therapy, which is purely CBT. Um, you, you do get, you, you can find little avenues where you might find different models, but as a whole, the NHS will offer CBT. Don't get me wrong, it's very good, but it's very brief. You know, you don't get many sessions, and unless you adapt the work correctly, you don't get everything from it. So you've got to implement different types of therapy. That's why our therapists, I always say, we're integrative therapists. So we kind of take bits and bobs of everything. And that's not to say we're mix-matching and we're reckless with it. It means that we see an individual. And with that individual, we say, well, what's your goal? What do you want? And then we listen to that and we say, well, okay, let's look at a bit of this, a bit of that. And that's why it's so important that counsellors are qualified Actually, actually know the shit rather than just kind of going in haphazard. But it, it's tailor-made around the individual because everybody's different. If I was to go into um, therapy and someone was to say, oh, well, we're going to give you some CBT, I'd be like, nah, that won't work for me. What I need is somebody to sit opposite me and to actually hear me, to actually kind of share my world and try and, again, the great words you used earlier on, explore. Because that, that, that's fundamentally what we need to explore this, this mis- messed up world that we're trying to make sense out of. Yeah, I, I, like, I guess with the CBT and whatever, I, I think I just see clients to sit in front of us and I don't have labels of what I do. It's like, yeah, I've done a lot of kind of 
courses i've done nlp and mm-hmm. lots of stuff within behavior change and things like that i also read lots of books but more importantly i've spoke to a lot of people yeah you know and it's kind of like you know we're going to use cbt today it's like well actually what does this person need um like these are all just labels people's given something but actually what they need is a, a human ear and yeah. like maybe language shifts and reframings mm. of whatever um for something that they perceive to be one way and to see mm. something in a completely different light it's just like tools in a toolbox and you just turn up for the job and it's just like mm. well actually what do i need right here um you don't go in going right i'm going to use this hammer no matter what the work is yeah. it's like actually this requires yeah a screwdriver i'm not good with tools that's that's mm. that's yeah. my yeah, that's my uh that's my tool knowledge out the way but i, uh, I, I think you're, you're hitting on something really intriguing it's like ultimately and I'm, I'm a firm believer in this that one of the main cause of the mental health epidemic that we're in at the minute is connections and our lack of connections so i say when you engage with therapy or coaching or anything what what you're really wanting is a meaningful connection now if you don't have a meaningful connection and all you want to get given is a set of powerpoints or or a set of instructions it doesn't work you 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 need somebody to have that meaningful connection with it's i say oh well okay i'm now hearing you so when, so when you're with a client, what they'll do is they'll be feeding off your energy. They'll be feeding off your belief, and that'll be kind of energizing them. You so say, when, when I'm with a, a client who's coming trying to deal with whatever they're trying to deal with, they're connected with me. If you don't have that connection, then it's kind of like you're, 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 you're wandering around. There's nothing there. There's nothing of any meaning. Does that make sense? Mm. I mean, you have a team. So I'd imagine there's going to be certain personality profiles that work better. Like, you know, obviously the easy ones, male, female. Yeah. You know, some men might prefer working with other men or women mm. and vice versa. Um, mm. So that's the easy one. But like one of my things is like I'll have uh, chemistry calls, I yeah. call them. And I want to like go, can I work with this person for mm like the duration I work with people 12 weeks yeah. in like are these conversations is there going to be like a, a clash there is this yeah. person open to conversations mm-hmm. around the things that are challenging them so absolutely like he is that something that as a team that use kind of like I mean how do you like decide which person's well, best for who or in, initially um because we, we might get a, a message. You know, if if we're lucky enough and people kind of get in touch and see, oh, well, I only want to talk to a woman. So there, there, there's kind of half the battle sorted already. So okay, we know to, to pair them with a female. But if they just come and say, well, I just want to see what it's all about and I want to start a process, mm-hmm. I'll sit down with them and I'll offer a completely free half-hour consultation where I, I just get to know them. And then, and then you use your gut instinct and then you know your team. I know I know all my students, I know all my counsellors. And I'm like, well, actually, you're, I've, I've got a counsellor, Lisa, she's very cognitive with, with the way she works. 
and and that that would be brilliant for some people. So if I've got a client come in and they say, well, I'm looking for some skills, I'm looking for some techniques. I'm like, brill, you're a perfect match for Lisa. If we've got somebody that comes in and says, um, I'm, I'm, I really just want to look at the meaning of life. I, I want to get deep. I want to look at some of the big philosophical questions. Well, that's straight down my street. That That's where my passion is. So I'm like, well, okay, me and you can work together. If we've got somebody who's kind of half and half, well, I've got this other counsellor. And, and you're absolutely right. It, it's vitally important to match people up with the correct person because it, it nine out of 10 times, if you're not with the correct person, it won't work. And then they'll, they'll hold that in the background instead mm. of actually just being open and saying, well, actually, this isn't working for me. So it, it is important to get the, the correct chemistry. That's why I like your chemistry call, as you call it. Yeah. You're uh, making sure it actually works. And as well, like if they're investing, time and money into this like you want to make sure you're the best fit i've mm-hmm. turned clients away because i've felt that um they maybe weren't ready for the commitment mm-hmm. um and potentially i wasn't a good fit for them um, mm-hmm. maybe the outside of my scope of practice mm-hmm. um because if people are dealing with like really deep stuff like trauma and deep mm-hmm. depression it's like listen i'm you know, maybe you need to speak to somebody like Mark first, and I'm just along the line here yeah. of, you know, um, taking them in a different direction, but with a more solid foundation behind them. Because I guess as well, I don't know how well regulated your industry is. That I, I don't even want to be really attached to the fitness industry because mm. I just don't want to be in that pool. Um, yeah. pe- People see weight management and fat loss as a fitness and diet mm. problem. And I'm like, they're very surface level. There's a lot of yeah. often underlying stuff going on. Mm. Is your industry like, because I'd imagine people can do a six-week counseling course and yeah. then all of a sudden they're now a counselor and yeah. you you feel like you're competing with people who are charging £10 an hour labeling yeah. themselves as a counselor and everybody just sees the label they don't actually they haven't mm-hmm. done the homework they haven't listened to an hour's podcast with you is that something that you a find and b recognize that it actually is doing more harm than good to that individual yeah well it, it, it it's something that generally terrifies me because it's like you don't need to be qualified to be a counselor and that there is problems and issues with it that the fact that if you're not qualified, you can't get insurance. But ultimately, the people who aren't qualified and practicing as counsellors, they don't give a rat's ass about insurance anyway. I mean, we, we do have organisational bodies such as the, the MBACP, the UK um, CP. We, we have various different ones, but ultimately it's not officially governed. There's no, there's no stipulation saying that you must be qualified. If you go for jobs in certain places, if you go for a job with the NHS, you have to be qualified. But if you were kind of masculine as a private practitioner, you can just put yourself out there. You know, you Bert working down in the local Asda, you know, he, he can actually put a post on saying, well, he's a counsellor and come to him and talk and help. And, and that terrifies us. And it, it is a barrier. Um 
I don't see it anywhere around it until government legislation is actually passed and says we're going to actually govern this now. And, and, and it, it should be just a matter of time because the, the mental health epidemic is just going to get worse and worse and worse. And I really don't see why they're dragging the heels on us. Mm. You know, we, we've seen like suicide rates, depression rates, anxiety, all of these things are, you know, through the roof. Um, is there still like a bit of, I guess, stigma around like speaking, like getting therapy, getting counseling, being coached, like reaching out for help fundamentally? Mm. Is this something that you see uh, people struggling with? Why yeah. do you think that is? I, I think that there's still so many misconceptions about what counselling therapy is. And I would imagine it's the same about coaching. And I've heard you say many times about the particular type of coaching you do. Many people don't fully understand what it actually is. And that's the same with counselling. It's like, well, you, there's still so many people out there think that, well, counselling, you have to go and sit on a Gilles lounge with your feet up while some strange man with a beard analyses you. And, and, and it's not, it's far more holistic than that now. It, it, it's, that's why I, I love the words that kind of me and you use to people. It's like, we're exploring. We're exploring your world. We're, yes, we're, we're conscious about the challenges and the difficulties you face. When people come in and they say, oh, well, you know, 10 years ago, I, I was raped. So, well, yes, we deal with that, but we also look at the bigger picture. And until we actually get that message right out there and, 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 and get that across, I think there'll always be the kind of the stigma because the stigma is associated with lack of knowledge and lack of understanding about what counselling actually is. How, how we tackle that, um, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in choice, different options. I think in the minute you, you've got big challenges that Say if somebody is diagnosed with cancer, the the right well we'll look up cancer support groups and, and cancer charities. If people are, have have lost somebody, to look for grief support groups or grief charities. There, there, there's no real understanding of the kind of well actually you can just reach out to anybody at any time, and actually work on your life, and that's one of the things I'm really kind of key about here. It's like you don't have to fit a bracket. You don't have to fit a label. It's like if you want to make sense out of your life and you don't want to wait sort of seven months for the NHS to kind of offer some CBT, you can actually engage with services like ours and say as well, I want to make sense out of this. Mm. But until that message gets out there, the stigma won't change. The, the challenges won't change. And, and I have absolutely no idea how we'll really get that message across on a on a huge scale. That's the challenge. Yeah, especially within my kind of field with what I help people, it's almost like culturally they're so drawn to what they've always done, which is the next diet. And they don't take a step back and just kind of wait, wait a minute. Like, is this my life? It, it, am I just kind of trying to get through, like, instead of actually living it? Um, I guess what you do and what I do is offer people more 
like choice, the word yeah. you use there. Uh, and choice to me means freedom. Yeah. And then freedom mm-hmm. is like everything because these are just basic human needs. And yeah. it's, it's almost like life almost beats the freedom and choice out of people yeah. because I say to clients, it's almost like everything from childhood. It's like a funnel. And when you're a child, it's big and massive and you get to do everything you want. And it's just like, if you look at you, I've got a five-year-old and just everything's new and excitement. But as life goes on, that just funnel gradually kind of gets, and then all of a sudden you're in at the bottom in your mid thirties or whatever, like kids, job, Mm -hmm. rinse, repeat, like weekend. And it's like, well, is that a life? Mm -hmm. And I've, I've always had a quite a unique saying. It's like, life shouldn't get in the way of living. You know, I say, when we think of all the things we've got going on, work, family, commitments, and you're right, the, the, the older we get, the kind of the more external responsibility we take on. So I say, well, we're responsible for our kids, we're responsible for our relationships, responsible for our business or work. You know, we're responsible for so much more. But then as we're kind of getting older, it's like that wears us down to a point when we think of like, well, actually, what do I want to do to really make me feel alive? For me, it's like, I, I love to hit the hills. You know, I, I go for a hike and I'm like, oh, this, this is amazing. That, that to me is living. But to be able to do that, I've got to find it within myself. And again, we come back with accountability and responsibility. I've got to find it within myself to see the right, I'm parking. I'm parking my business. My, my boy's being looked after. You know, my, my, my partner, she's doing whatever she's doing. Everything is parked. I'm okay to let life just sit there for a while while I go and actually live a bit. Because unless we have them nuggets, it's like, well, what, what's the point of doing it all? You know, you've, you've got to have that sense of being alive. I always say to people, when, when do you get the best ideas? It's often when you're driving the car, when you're in mm. the shower, it's like, right, let's, let's navigate that. Like you're just subconsciously switched mm. off. You're, 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 you're so in the moment, whereas like people are so filled with anxiety and overwhelm. Mm. And then to fill the void, the on the phone scrolling mm. or they're emotionally eating, you know, so they're trying to fill a gap. Whereas what you said is, and something you'd said in, uh, you know, our group was like, take your head for a sit yeah you know go out leave the phone off nothing Mm -hmm. bad's going to happen um Mm -hmm. and just let yourself be and and you're almost like trusting Mm -hmm. i call it like trusting the subconscious is is this is why having this big picture goal is super important because when you have that goal we have to learn to trust that Mm-hmm. we're going to start finding things because all of a sudden our awareness tools that the brain has, mm-hmm. you know, you buy a new car and now everybody's driving that car around you. And yeah. the reality is that car was always on the road. Yeah. So it's like, it's, you get what you focus on. So mm-hmm. if we're focusing on positivity, like, and if we're moving towards something, guess what's going to start showing up in your life? Yeah. What you know, what conversations you're going to have? What opportunities that were always mm. there are you going to see? Mm. And this is one of the things I have with coaching and 
the weekly calls and the focus calls, it's like the first question I ask, what's went well? I don't care whether it's weight loss or whatever. It's like, what's been, and you start like showing positive things instead of going, oh, what's the matter this week? It's like, right. And then you notice the positive things start far outweighing the struggles Mm -hmm. or the struggles that were once there presented in the past is no longer a struggle. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like you, you I, mean, I, I used an interesting technique the other day with a client it's like the rule of seven and it's like see if, if somebody comes up with one problem it's like well okay we, we, it's very easy to fixate on the one problem but if you're holding up a problem try and find seven things around you in any given moment that is good so it's like well the problem was it's very hot so it's like immediately we focus on that. It's just like, fuck, I'm pretty sweltering here. And I'm like, well, look here, let's look at seven things. So, well, is your seat comfortable? Yeah, it's a really comfortable seat. Is the sun shining? Is it bright? Yeah, so it's bright. You know, is it? Is the room comfortable? Yeah, it's, it's actually quite a relaxing room. And as that process goes on, it's kind of like, well, actually, what was the initial problem? Do you see what I mean? We, we, we mm. take ourselves away from a problem be, because we don't fixate on it. We, and, and that's what we do in kind of life as well. It's like we fixate on the challenges of our life, but we need to kind of move away from that and highlight. And once you've got that momentum, it's like for me, part of the thing I like going to the lakes and doing a hike about is, well, I sit in the car, I enjoy driving, I listen to a podcast, I've got some sweets. I'll take a nice coffee with us. And it's that process mm. of all the good things that, well, actually, what, what was the problem back at work again? I've, I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, because you engage yourself with so many positives. I used to think I hated driving until, like, I started doing all of this network and stuff. Now I seem to be driving. And actually, I now look forward to just being switched off in the car mm-hmm. for half an hour because yeah. – you know, that time might have been spent. So, like, I'll listen to the radio. I'll sing, as amazing as my voice is. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, you know, and I just now see it as, like, actually, what was now a chore is it, uh, the opportunity to listen to music or listen to a podcast, listen yeah. to a book, or just do nothing and just yeah. switch off. Like, doing, yeah. and I'll say to people, listen, doing nothing isn't doing nothing. It's It's... Part of life is the rest. You know, yeah. we've got fi- we got fight or flight, uh-huh. we, we and we've got rest and digest. So yeah. sleep, R and R, all of these things are so important. I guess, like with my service and potentially with yours, it is about like going right. Like, where do we need to maybe focus in on our lives mm-hmm. that gives you more space and time? to i guess just vent yeah. and you know be free yeah and, and to actually reflect upon where we where we are you know and say what what am i doing with my life right now what what am i doing what 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 what's meaningful to me right now what do i need you know and, and unless we actually take time and that's why i say take your head for a sit you know it's not a case to take your head for a sit and kind of sit on your phone and look at your your diary and think, well, I've got to rearrange this and I've got that appointment tomorrow. It's a kind of like, well, here I am right now. 
here and now, this is me. What what is going on with me? What what's what's my relationships? You know, am, am I? You're perfect for your field. Am I looking after myself um, with my diet? Am I eating good? Am I sleeping good? You know, what what are the things I am doing right? And then we can also look at the things that we're doing wrong. And we might not look at like looking at the things that we're doing wrong, but at least then we can see it. And then we say, well, actually, okay. And again, I keep coming back with accountability. If I'm not doing it right, what would my life be like if I was doing it right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then we, we kind of move forward that way. I mean, all those things you've said, your your business is lighthouse therapy. And I guess, is that about shining a light on these things, like where you are versus where I, you I, want I, to go? Yeah, I never realised it when I set it up, um, but maybe it was a subconscious act or something. But, mm. you know, when, when I thought of a lighthouse, I mean, I'm, I'm a veteran sailor, mm-hmm. and I, I was looking at the kind of universal symbols for hope. Yeah. And it's like, well, anchor is one of them, but anchor was too sharp, too aggressive. The other one was a lighthouse, and it's like, well, ooh, that kind of, that, that ignited something within me, and then, then I just went with the floor. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's that leap of faith mm-hmm. and, and, and when I say leap of faith it's like a leap of the unknown I have absolutely no idea where this is going to go but fuck it I'm, I'm, I'm going to look yeah and I, I think that let's see what happens winged approach like I've, like I like the saying, you know, it's be rigid with your goals, so have mm-hmm. the goals, but be flexible with the process and how you yeah. get there. So mm-hmm. it's like, what is the goal? And if people's like behaviors, language, thoughts don't align with the goals that they've set for themselves, then you can always go. It's like, do you actually want what you've said that you want? Or now do you just think you have to move towards that thing because mm-hmm. you said you were going to like are you okay with saying, mm. ah, actually, like, it, like, I'm okay with letting go of something that mm. I no wonder want. Like, I see it all the time in the fitness industry, and this is, I guess I see it all the time within people, is to become so attached with, you know, their their physical representation mm. that, like, they're always drawing comparison to their what they perceive as their best self, but they don't yeah. realise, like, all of the additional amazing things that they've got mm now and it's not like a cost it's like oh i wish i was leaner and that and it's like well potentially like you could do that but Mm -hmm. you might sacrifice this we can certainly move you know they're trying to do the behaviors that now don't align with their new values so i'm i'm assessing well actually what's important in your life you've got a family you've got a business Mm -hmm. so we need to be practical we need to be like flexible we need to have we, we can't be rigid yeah when when you had all the time in the world to focus in on this one thing mm-hmm. now was now we're spinning many plates so we're gonna we're gonna move you more towards that and let's see what happens let's yeah. come to the conversations bring anything i think that's one of the things that i'd imagine you do as well it's like i don't care if you've had a great week a shit week mm-hmm actually even better if you've perceived you've had a shit week because that's where the majority of work yeah can be done because 
if, if sometimes people start with me, I don't know whether the it, it's like shiny novelty. It's like mm. new. It's exciting. They're obviously putting a lot of effort in. And I'm like, right, yeah, but why are you here in the first place? Mm-hmm. And, and it does show that this also is always within them, that ability to be excited yeah, and start making change. Mm-hmm. Um, early on, the least I could do, the better, mm-hmm. because the more autonomous that client becomes, the more empowered they become, which means that they're more likely to continue. continue. Oh, my cameras just went off. They are... Um, they are more inclined uh, to do that themselves versus like, I guess I call it like spoon feeding. You know, mm. our job isn't to spoon feed. Our job isn't to tell clients what they should do yeah. and when. It's actually mm. go into the situation, mm. sit in it, and, you know, like yeah. we're trying to change that default reaction, I guess. Mm. It's just interesting, yeah, because... Your clients, you know, after work with me, that they, they might say some really nice things like, "Boy, you've helped me so much." You know, without you, I, I wouldn't be where I am. And I always feel important to highlight, say, "Well, you come for one session a week. One session a week lasts for fifty minutes. You know, so you're here for fifty minutes mm-hmm. in the week. I mean, I'm, I'm not Carol Vorden. I don't know maths, but there's a lot more minutes in the week than fifty. The majority of the work." is actually done outside of our kind of environment. So it's like when you leave your Lighthouse Therapy Group and you grow and live your life, that's when you're doing the work. But we're just a tiny little snippet. You know, and, and hopefully within that little snippet, we can provide some, some nuggets, some nuggets of wisdom. We, we can provide them with an environment where they can really get to them deep places. But ultimately, it's when they go out into the world that's when they're doing their work, when they're confronted with the challenges. Because we, we can sit here and we can see, oh, well, we're, we need to kind of switch off from um, work. We need to switch off from business. We need to, you know, we need to switch off from the worries and stresses. These are words that these are easy to do. You know, until an, an individual actually goes out there and confronts and actually puts this in practice, they say, well, it's all meaningless until that point. And again, I mean, I know I I keep harping on about it, but accountability. Okay, you talk about it in the counselling room. Now you be accountable. You go out there, you open that door, you walk out into that real harsh world, and you actually do it. And, and it, that, that's why it's always the individual who does it. We, we just facilitate the process. Just, I guess it is just... I think people have got such a fixed mentality of what they perceive that they have to do in order mm. to get over this like hurdle that they're facing mm. in their life. Like, you know, often the clients I work with to think that they need a very rigid approach. They need a program. Like quite often people come to me and they're expecting a meal plan and a program, but yeah. like, and the jumping from, person to person, coach to coach, because what they're looking for is that blueprint, that just that yeah. thing, but the, they're looking for it. But between the times where they're motivated, they're like mm-hmm. obviously gaining a lot of mm-hmm. weight, but also like reinforcing that message to themselves that they're not mm-hmm. good enough. They're not worth it. They're, yeah. 
the this, that, and the other. And like, I'm just like, right, we kind of have nothing here. We're starting with where you're at and let's just move forward. There isn't all of this pressure. And if we feel any of that pressure, well, let's simplify it. Let's take a step backwards because we want you to be consistent, not perfect, because yeah. perfectionism is probably one of the biggest killers of momentum oh, in the world. Yeah, per- perfectionism and idealism. Mm. You know, it, it's like when people search for an ideal world or an ideal solution, I say, you're not going to get that. that there's nowhere on earth you're going to find an ideal solution to anything. There's that, I like the way you see how are people going to get over these barriers, these hurdles. And you also said something earlier on about kind of letting go. You know, it's one of the key steps of growth is we have to let go of elements of the past. And we also have to let go of images of how we see the future. You know, so if you see your future in a certain way, and that's, that's unrealistic because now we're 10 times we've painted a perfect future, I say, well, a perfect future. Well, people aren't going to die in that, other people aren't going to leave us. We're not going to lose our job. You know, we're not going to lose friends. We're not going to come across financial hard times. But the reality is, we will come across all of them. So we need to let go of the idea of a perfect or ideal future. We need to let go of the, the challenges that we've had in the past and we kind of maybe feel we blame ourselves for. And only when we let go do we actually have energy, you know, kind of physically and emotionally to actually, well, live for now. Well, what am I going to do with this forever fluid and changing world that I'm in? And that's the, that's, I guess, one of the best take home points is like, listen, life is dynamic and fluid. Therefore, Mm. you need to be dynamic and fluid. Like, yeah, if you're trying this kind of one, like, one approach like the CBT it's like well what if you presented in a situation where the the lessons you've learned from that Mm -hmm. isn't appropriate like it's about using having that mental flexibility and you're not you're not I say you're not you know (laughs) there's there's the northeast coming out You, you know like all of these kind of um I guess just this overall like permission mm-hmm. giving you giving yourself permission and giving yeah. yourself that like that grace um mm-hmm. to not be perfect to be yeah. and when people let go of that they're often just far more consistent mm-hmm. more forgiven and they're able to just be more free yeah um, of the issue um listen I, I could talk to you for several hours um yeah i, I guess like i want to ask maybe before the final question is like, what would, you know, if somebody's listening, what would you tell them to like go and do, go away and do, which is going to add just tremendous amount of value to their life? Oh, wow. That's a big question. Oh, it's a huge one. But like, you know, if somebody's listening, the end of the podcast, I'll let the music play out a little bit so they can reflect a little bit on the Mm. conversation they've listened to. Like, if you could say, listen, go away this weekend or, you know, for the rest of the day, um, you know, what would you like to to tell people to go away and do just to kind of sit on what we've spoke about? This well, could be huge. What One thing, go away and you've got to have lots of this, lots, 
Yeah, lots and lots of sex. <laughs> yeah, go and have lots and lots of sex. When I say sex, I mean stop. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Evaluate. Yeah, where do you find yourself? What what's going on? Yeah, what what what's going? On? What, why did you feel the need to stop in the first place? Evaluate that. Evaluate everything that's going on in your life: your relationships, your work, your, your diet, your nutrition, your sleeping. Evaluate. So that's stop, evaluate, and then explore. Because I guarantee you, there's options. You know, when we got hit by the, the pandemic, you know, the Chinese have a proverb, with every crisis comes opportunity. So if you stop and if you evaluate everything that's going on in your life, and then you explore different opportunities, you, you will discover more about yourself. And then that's when growth can happen. So absolutely shitloads of sex. Lots of sex. I'll let you off with that explore at the end as well. I could have said C, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't no, it doesn't. Fact, does it? no, not, not everyone's <laughs> going to go away and think about that, but everyone will be thinking about sex after yeah. this. Um, you know, and that that's that's really good. Listen, um, where can people find you? I mean, Mark, I don't know whether you're... You do like online um, stuff or whether it's just primarily you are face-to-face. What, like if people are in the Northeast, uh, how do people approach you and have that conversation? Um, check out our social media. Check out our website. Give us a shout. Um, it all starts with a conversation. That's why I love what you're doing, Ian. It's, it's a conversation. Um, so just give us a shout and we'll talk and then we'll, we'll see how we can work together and move forward in support and kind of exploring, discovering how you truly are. Well, I'll put all of those uh, links in the show notes. So if anybody wants them, just go find that out. Um, I just want to say a big thank you, Mark. It's always a pleasure speaking to you. Um, and I'm absolutely 100% positive we'll get you back on here because it's always interesting. Um, mm. But no, thank you very much, my man. The, the, the pleasure's all mine. And may I just say that the next podcast you know, that you're on, you must, must, must show off some of that singing. <laughs> mm, I'm, I'm trying to gain listeners, not lose them. Man. <laughs> no, the, the, the pleasure's all mine. Pleasure's thank, all mine. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you for listening to the Better You podcast. If you've taken a huge amount of value from this, which I'm absolutely sure you have, please, please, please share it around. Send it to a friend, send it to a family member, even a colleague. Remember, building the best possible version of you is going to be 100 times easier if those around you are trying to do the same themselves. If you would like an additional bit of help, support, guidance and accountability, you can just reach out to me My website is buildwithbickle.com or you can send an email ian at buildwithbickle.com. Also, share the podcast on social media. Tag me in it. I would hugely appreciate that. Thank you again. 